Hi there, this is James Eek from the Warrior's Way podcast, and you are listening to episode 79. Before we get going, I wanted to once again thank everyone who's checked out our Patreon site at patreon.com. We have a bunch of instructional videos there for you to check out. If you want to support this podcast and what we're trying to do here and love training and the martial arts, then give the Warriors Way podcast videos on Patreon a try. For low fee, you're going to get access to a growing number of videos on everything from martial arts advice and techniques to meditation, mindfulness, and health suggestions. So, press pause and head over to patreon.com and do a search for Warriors Way podcast there. You're going to be glad you did. Yoga is an increasingly popular form of Indian exercise. In the world of jiu-jitsu, yoga and its associated breathing techniques gained the notice of many thanks to the examples of Hicks and Gracie, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu master who is most known for his legendary street fights and two consecutive Japan Valley Tudo tournament championships. Another devotee of this Indian exercise was Alistair Crowley, the English mountaineer, poet, drug fiend, and ceremonial magician, notoriously known by many as the Beast 666. (laughs) At first glance, Hicks and Gracie and Alistair Crowley have nothing in common. Uh, One is a martial arts master and prize fighter who adheres to a strict diet that forbids drugs and alcohol. The other was a portly and enthusiastic conjurer with a reputation for, uh, well, anything goes. Nevertheless, both are partially responsible for booms in their respective fields. Hicks and Gracie is part catalyst for the jiu-jitsu explosions which have enveloped the martial arts world, training Hoist Gracie for his UFC victories and igniting the fire in Japan through parallel accomplishments in the no-rules fighting. While Alistair Crowley is essentially the Hoist Gracie of the occult. Crowley is the Western... Is sorry is arguably responsible for almost single-handedly reviving the Western esoteric tradition, inspiring the personas and creating the source material used by later founders of Wicca, Scientology, and some forms of Satanism. Both men are influential, and both men are yogis. Hickson Gracie is the son of Helio Gracie. Um, who is described by some as the Einstein of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Elio was a physically weak and frail man who, according to Kron, Kron Gracie, who's Hickson's son, could not even do one pull-up at the height of his physical prowess. Hickson, on the other hand, is a natural-born athlete. His natural athleticism combined with the refined technique of his father made him, according to many, the best jiu-jitsu player of the Gracie clan. An aspect of Hickson's unique physical training is yoga, or simply breathing. Hickson Gracie learned these techniques from a man by the name of Orlando Canny, a fellow martial artist, yogi, and personal trainer. 
Orlando believed that the breathing techniques of yoga should be performed with gymnastic movements. By combining gymnastic exercise with yoga, Hicks and Gracie was able to train his body in a way that converges with the physical demands of jiu-jitsu. The theory, as, distra- as described by Cron on the Joe Rogan podcast, is that animals have better stamina and are more in tune with their bodies than human beings. That in order to, for humans to maximize physical performance, humans must become more animal-like in their movements. Part of this superior conditioning and synchronicity with nature comes from the way animals breathe. The lungs are likened unto bottles, skinny on top and wide at the bottom. And according to Cron, when we breathe by focusing on inhaling, we don't fill our lungs properly. Mammalian predators, on the other hand, are said to breathe by simply exhaling. Hicks and Gracie's breathing technique is essentially exhaling so that the lungs become empty and then allowing the lungs to fill up automatically and effortlessly, as opposed to gasping for air. One is exhaling continuously. This is described as a more efficient way of oxygenating blood and as breathing through the diaphragm. The diaphragm is seen like any other muscle in that it can be trained for maximum utility through exercise. At the most advanced level, these diaphragm exercises take the form of abdominal contortions. The meditative and yogic practices of Hickson and Cron Gracie also have a mystical dimension to them. Hickson described one particular session with Orlando Canny where he was left completely alone. For the first time, he was able to do Orlando's exercises by himself. During this session, he was able to achieve empty mind, losing track of more than one hour of time. Hickson says that he has done transcendental meditation and more conventional forms of yoga, but nothing ever helped him enter a state of deep meditation the way Orlando Canny's techniques did. Cron mentioned having experiences with gnarly trances, where he felt that he was connected with whatever is above us. Cron uses yoga for improving his jiu-jitsu and in becoming a better person to maximize his human potential. He has described his father as a spiritual man, claiming that when people are connected with what, whatever is above us, good sometimes inexplicably things begin to happen. This is similar to an attitude shared by his grandfather, Elio Gracie. In an interview for Gracie magazine, he said, My brother Carlos used to say, The fellow only stops returning to earth when he mingles with the whole. For Hicks and Gracie, jiu-jitsu is first and foremost a self-defense art, but he and Kron also describe it in ways that parallel their description of yoga. In one documentary, Kron says that jiu-jitsu puts me in touch with myself and it kind of gives me a real understanding of what life is about. When describing jiu-jitsu in a different documentary, Hickson says the beauty of the art is to give you an evolutionary process in the physical, in the mental, and also in the spiritual level. Hickson's practice of yoga and jiu-jitsu have the same goal of Aleister Crowley's yoga and ceremonial magic, but both use completely different methods to get to achieve that goal. Aleister Crowley was known in his day as the world's wickedest man and gained a posthumous resurgence in notoriety when he appeared on the cover of the Beatles' Sgt. 
Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. A ceremonial magician, Crowley first learned his art while a member of the secret magical society, the Hermic Order of the Golden Dawn. It was there that Crowley was trained in Thurgy by Alan Bennett. Eventually, Alan moved to Burma and became one of the first Westerners to become ordained a monk in Theravadan Buddhism. Crowley would eventually meet up with Bennett, and the two spent several months in Sri Lanka training in yoga. And it was during this time in Asia that Crowley also learned the fundamentals of Buddhist meditation, presumably from Bennett. Crowley's basic system is divided into asana, pranayama, and dharana. For the purpose of this article, we're only going to discuss the first two. For Crowley, the practice of asana, or yoga body postures, consists of holding positions while remaining perfectly still for extended periods of time. Crowley outlines four postures. The first position, the god, is done sitting in a chair, back straight, feet flatly on the floor with hands on the knees and the eyes closed. The second position is called the dragon, with knees on the floor, the buttocks resting on the heels, the back straight, toes pointed straight back, hands on the lap with the eyes closed. The third position is called the ibis and is performed standing on one leg with the hand from the with the hand from the standing leg side grabbing the ankle of the opposite leg from behind, with the index finger of the remaining free hand touching the lips. Crowley's final asana position is a thunderbolt. And this position is done with the left knee on the ground with the ball of the left foot on the ground also. The buttocks resting on the left heel and the right foot is on the ball of the foot with the right heel touching the groin area. The arms are stretched out and the yogi is supposed to stay in these positions for as long as possible. Crowley also suggests that all meditative practices and their results should be recorded in a magical diary. Students of this system can apply for examination of their abilities. Once they can hold these positions with a water-filled saucer sitting on their head and not spill a drop. Crowley's pranayama techniques consist of sitting in one's choice position and placing the middle and pointer fingers on the forehead. If you're using the right hand, the thumb can be used to block the right nostril and ring finger can be used to block the left nostril. The most basic pranayama is performed by closing only one nostril while slowly exhaling for 20 seconds. Then once the lungs are empty, slowly inhaling for 10 seconds. The process is repeated through the other nostril, exhaling for 20 seconds, then inhaling for 10 seconds, always alternating nostrils. This process is supposed to be repeated for an hour. As the yogi advances, various breathing intervals can be used, 40 and 20, 30 and 15, etc. As with asana, Crowley advises the student to make a meticulous journal of any effects that may be felt or experienced. Crowley's training in Asia resulted in him entering a deep state of meditation known as dhyana, which he recorded on October the 2nd, 1901. According to occult, sorry, according to occult historians, the hermetic philosophy and ceremonial magic Crowley learned in the Golden Dawn made almost no use of Eastern meditative practices. 
The experience in Burma and Sri Lanka forever changed the way Crowley approached the performance of ceremonial magic and the way he interpreted its effects. Crowley came to treat ceremonial magic as a form of yoga. In Postcards to Probationers, Crowley defined yoga as the art of uniting the mind to a single idea. Interestingly, he also defined serial magic as the art of uniting the mind to a single idea. For Crowley, meditation and ceremonial magic were two sides of the same coin. For Crowley, the goal was the knowledge and conversation with the holy guardian angel. Crowley defined the holy guardian angel many different ways. On one occasion, he described it as being identical to the genius of Socrates, a certain divine something or voice that the Greek sage said guided him through life. The holy guardian angel is supposed to reveal one's true will, a term Crowley used for one's inherent nature, the unique path one was meant to follow in life. Like his Buddhist friend, Alan Bennett, Crowley's mysticism was a personal introspection rather than an attempt to unite with metaphysical externalities. When we compare and contrast the yoga practices of Hicks and Gracie and Aleister Crowley, we can see similarities as well as some disconnects. Jiu-Jitsu is to Hicks and Gracie what magic is to Aleister Crowley. Using Crowley's definition, the aim of both arts is causing change to occur in conformity with will. Both jujitsu and magic require the application of the proper kind and degree of force in the proper manner, through the proper medium to the proper object. Granted, jujitsu and serial magic are two different things. One is a system of self-defense and the other mysticism. Nevertheless, both Hicks and Gracie and Aleister Crowley share the commonality of viewing their disciplines as being complemented by and improved through yoga. When we look at state at the statements of Hickson and Cron, and the goal seems to be maximizing human potential. To them, yoga and jiu-jitsu are two sides of the same coin. However, as we have seen, Crowley and Hickson's approaches to yoga are completely different. Hickson's yoga is dynamic performed in gymnastic exercise. Crowley's is static, performed in mostly motionless positions. Cron describes being in touch with whatever is above us, while Crowley's mysticism is an inward journey to self-discovery. Hickson's yoga is eclectic. Crowley's yoga is relatively conservative. Even retaining Indian terminology to describe the techniques. Hickson's yoga prepares one for the cage, Crowley's yoga prepares one for the temple, but both are used by the warrior and the wizard as aids in the actualization of human potential. So, that interesting article, Hicks and Gracie and Alistair Crowley, Two Approaches to Yoga, was written by Pedro Olivaria from the Fightland website. I think what they've done in this article is really great. And I really enjoyed it. Um, it reminds me a lot about what we're trying to do with this podcast, actually, in uniting all things into the understanding that it is all training. It's all part of the path we're on, that everything is training when we look at our lives that way. And this is the way. Let's face it, we can get lessons from almost everywhere. 
When the student is ready, the teacher appears. This teacher can show up in tests in your life. It can show up in new and different ways of thinking. It can be physically present or something more elusive. Breathing and breath training is one of those things that on the outside may seem so simple that it isn't even worth looking at. That is until you try to do it yourself and find out just how difficult breath control can be and also how rewarding it is both physically but also mentally and emotionally. At the, third of my, at the end of my third decade training in the martial arts, I practice my breathing every day. And I don't just mean I breathe every day, which is obvious. I practice my breathing every day. And before you think to yourself, buddy, I don't even know what you're talking about. We all breathe all day, every day. We aren't talking about passive breathing, though. We're talking about purposeful, coordinated, directed, and mindful breathing. Um, Just recently, I did a Warrior's Way podcast Patreon page video on breathing. So head over to the Patreon page and check that out. It might help you out. But there are a bunch of different techniques that you can do. And all of them I'd consider rooted in yogic breathing. But that doesn't really matter. We all breathe and we all have the ability to do it better. Breathwork is a practice that should be involved in more things we do than in the past we have all recognized. And I, for one, wouldn't be surprised at all if we start to find it slowly being embraced by most martial arts again, as well as sports and therapy and even education. Once you start to practice it, you can pretty much immediately see its benefits. And there's a difference between doing it right and doing it completely wrong. These days, I look at things like breathing and mobility and how I work out as just another finger that makes up the hand of training that encompasses everything I do, from meditation to workouts to jujitsu. It's all just part of the same dynamic sphere of training on the path of the way. And an important thing to also mention is that whether you are getting teachings from the likes of Aleister Crowley or Hicks and Gracie, if you get something positive from it, something worthwhile from it, then it's all good and valuable. It's the teacher appearing when you're ready. This teacher can take a whole lot of forms, especially these days. I have been following the advice of my longtime teacher, Dan Inosanto, and his view that we should train and learn from everyone and everything that we can. That we need to see ourselves as lifelong students and dedicate ourselves to this. For sure, love and respect and be dedicated to your teacher that you have and that you train with. But never be afraid of branching out. Never be afraid of finding different perspectives of what training means. It isn't being disloyal. It's about seeing things with different eyes. Never forget that no single person or teacher or art has a monopoly on the truth. Or, for that matter, a monopoly on the art. Everyone's view is worth looking at. And some are going to resonate with you and some won't. Like I said, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. 
So let's go on to the question of the week. It comes to us from Steve from Australia. Um, there's a difficult kid in my son's martial arts class, and he often doesn't want to go to class because he thinks this child is, as he puts it, annoying. Should I take my son out of the school, find a different school, or just find him something else to do? <laughs> well, that's a really good question. And my answer would be to keep your son where he is. Uh, the reason being that martial arts are about more than just punching and kicking and rolling around. It's about dealing with people. And sometimes these people are going to rub us the wrong way. Sometimes they are just plain old annoying. And this too is part of training. This is the way. I'd like... I'd explain to your son that martial arts has to be for everyone. And that this other child probably needs the martial arts a lot. What your son should do is focus on trying to be understanding of why someone would be annoying and what it is that is annoying about him. And maybe there's a good lesson there. In this day and age, we're raising children with no ability to problem solve or to deal with conflict. And this is kind of dangerous. As any adult knows, Every single day we have to deal with a myriad of people and things that have the ability to upturn the cart. And we need to have the skills to deal with it. Maybe an unruly or annoying child is exactly what your child's martial arts class needs. For the kid themselves, they're probably being taught every time they are there that their behavior isn't acceptable. That they need to show more discipline and respect. And this might be the only place in their life that they're getting that lesson. For the others, they are being forced to see and learn about people who are different than they are and how they can help and how they can deal with it or how they can ignore it. So, once again, look at everything as training. Who knows, maybe your son and this other child are there together for a good reason and will learn from each other. And this might not be a lesson you want your child not to learn. So there you go. Good question. And we are going to tie it up right there. So um, thanks for listening. And if you are enjoying these Warrior Way podcasts, do me a huge favor, will you? Um, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Let everybody that you can think of that would like to listen to this know about it. Because as we grow, the word gets out about all the stuff that we're talking about. And that's what this is all about. Getting more from our lives, making this world a better place. The next thing is, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, go over to patreon.com and search us out and find the Warrior's Way podcast on there. And uh, if you love this podcast, well, you know what? throw down a couple bucks and help sponsor keeping this thing going. Because as you can imagine, being episode 79, it takes some effort and time to do this. And yep, the podcast is free and that's awesome and it always will be. But uh, if you want more from the podcast and if you want to, you know, show your support, that's why we have the Patreon thing. And, you know, what you get out of it is a whole bunch of member-only videos on everything from jiu-jitsu techniques, 
Filipino martial arts stuff, how to hold the pads better for your, you know, kickboxing or whatever martial art that you do. Uh, there's some meditation stuff in there. There's some breathing. There's a whole bunch of stuff and more on the way. So go over and check it out at patreon.com. Um, as well, I should mention that if you liked this kind of thing, I have written a couple books on the martial arts and training. You can check those out on Amazon. Just Google my name and they're probably going to pop up on that thing. Um, you can pick them up as ebooks for your Kobo or your Kindle, or you can get a hard copy as well. Um, then the last thing is if you are so inclined, uh, you can check us out on Instagram. Look for the Eek Academy. I only do that. I don't have a Warriors Way podcast Instagram page because, quite frankly, I'm too busy training and living and doing this podcast to uh, try to populate two separate things. <laughs> so I, I put stuff for both on the Eek Academy Instagram page. Um, that said, you can find the Warriors Way podcast on Facebook. You can also find the Eek Academy of Martial Arts there too. So check it out and like those pages. And that said, I got an idea. Why don't you get on those mats tonight? Have fun, train hard, be a great friend, and try to make this world better. You know what? Little things do add up. So put your thinking cap on and think about what you could do to make this world a better place. And then, you know what? Do it. Thanks a lot.